Hi, I'm Dan for Dobbs Tire and Auto Centers, here to share the easiest way to buy tires. Come to Dobbs. With the best tire brands and the biggest inventory, you'll get your tires the same day at the lowest price, guaranteed. Next time you need tires, get into Dobbs. The Danny Mac Show with BK Podcast, powered by I Promise. Now, here's Danny Mac with BK. Welcome in the Tuesday edition of the Danny Mac Show with BK and Tanner Hendrickson, our producer engineer today. And away we go as we will have Cardinal Baseball on Fox Sports Midwest, a couple of hours away from that first pitch. And we get our first look at Adam Wainwright. He'll be going uh, this afternoon and making that start for the St. Louis Cardinals down in Jupiter, Florida. BK, as always, good to see you. How are you? Dan, I'm doing fantastic. How are you doing today, my friend? I'm doing well. I'm looking forward to uh, some of the regulars being in terms of pitching, uh, getting things going here for 2021, namely Adam Wainwright. So as I look at this, Adam Wainwright would get the start today. And a lot of times in spring training, the way that you start your rotation uh, beginning of a of spring training season is how you're going to start it during a regular season. So that would align Wainwright for game two um, of the regular season against the Reds, and then that would give him the home opener in St. Louis that would give him two starts during the uh, the first home stand, which I, I think is important. I, I, if I'm going to have Adam Wainwright, if I can draw it up in a perfect world, I want him to start at Bush Stadium. So he'll go today, probably be, I would imagine, 20, 30 pitches, although we did see Jack Flaherty go 37 the other day. We're also going to see potentially Daniel Ponce de Leon, Jake Woodford, Tyler Webb, and then I'm really looking forward to Matthew Liberator. So he's supposed to at least be scheduled to pitch today. They have decided, by the way, to only go seven innings, and that is by design by Major League Baseball to protect players, protect pitchers, get people out of there, socially distant, go back home, all those good things in 2021, but uh, looking forward to Wayno going today. Yeah, I'm looking forward to Wayno as well. To your point on his home road splits, they've been pretty significant over the last few years, and so it's not just a we want to see him pitch in front of the home crowd, it's also the ballpark helps yes. him. He is a fly ball pitcher, and Bush plays more towards the pitchers. He's able to take advantage of that. And with the outfield defense that they have this year in particular, I want those guys, those athletes out there, being behind Wayno at home. So if you have the opportunity to, even if it does finagle things in a way that maybe wouldn't be like the perfect one-two starter, I want him pitching at home as often as possible. And if this achieves that goal, that's probably the most important part of that. You had a chance, and we were both talking off the air right before the show, to look at the Marlins lineup. So the Marlins will have some of their regulars in there. And there's some guys... And most notable, I think, for Cardinal fans is Magnera Sierra. As we saw him when he debuted with the Cardinals, it was electrifying a few years ago. Then he was part of a, of a deal that brought him uh, to the Miami Marlins. He's going to be in the lineup. He is out of options, so he has got to make this club. And I was reading Joe Sheehan's newsletter yesterday, and he was saying, man, out of all these trades that these guys got of these young players, he said the one that still intrigues me the most is Magnera Sierra. I'm going to go ahead and say he's going to make the club because you just don't want to give up on a young player like that, but they have so many young players. It's just they're they're not getting the kind of return that they want back on some of these young players, but uh, he is in the lineup today. He is, and they've hit on some of the pitching prospects. The hitting is where they've had a little bit more trouble with this, and you look back, I mean, their outfield three years ago was Giancarlo Stanton, Christian Yelich, both of whom have gone on to, when healthy, be legitimate MVP candidates, and then, of course, Ozuna as well. 
and now you look at where they are, and I mean, they made the playoffs last year, so it's not like this team was an absolute disaster, but when it comes to what they're getting production-wise from that lineup, that's going to be where Derek Jeter, this new front office, that's going to be where they are ultimately held accountable is what they're able to get out of these young players moving forward. There's no doubt, and and it's not only where you're held accountable, I think, BK, of, of getting the talent in, which really going to be... I, I think if I'm the fans of the Marlins, I'm going to hold them accountable of bringing them in and developing them, but you better keep them. They didn't keep these guys, you know? And if if Stanton Stan is still on a trajectory that if he would stay healthy, he's going to hit 600 home runs. The problem has been can't hit 600 home runs if you're on the bench or you're on the injured list. Uh, Yelich is an MVP. He's been an MVP, had a terrible year last year, but I think by all accounts, everybody expects him to bounce back. And Ozuna has been so good that, you know, the Atlanta Braves felt good enough to give him four years and $64 million. So if you had that core back with them, you'd say, well, we could build on that. I mean, my goodness, the the middle of that, that's a my goodness right there. If you're in the middle of that lineup, that's pretty good, man. Or is that on on the the my goodness scale? Is that like one to 10? Is that that a five, six? Oh, that's way above that. If you're in the my goodness meter and you had that trio and they're healthy and one's an MVP and another guy's hitting 50 plus home runs, my goodness meter's at a 9.5. I like it. The problem is now you don't have the pitching. And so right, now we're right. back into the same issue where the Marlins have Can the position Can I get Sixto players. Sanchez with this too or what? I don't think that's quite how this okay. works. So All right. the, they're definitely in a, a, a different part of their life cycle. Dan, the thing that I would like to see them do, if any of these guys end up working out position player-wise, and you would think one or two of them at least will, they need to do what the Cardinals have been so good at, which is locking these guys up for a couple of their free agency years by signing them long-term prior to the arbitration years. It's the best. And, yep. like, Paul DeYoung. Paul DeYoung right is worth it. so much more. If you can do more. it, you got to do it. Absolutely. And he's worth so much more than his contract is paying him, and that's why he's such a valuable asset to the Cardinals. Colton Wong, I know they didn't pick up the option, but they set themselves up for success when he became a gold-glove defense, defensive second baseman because they already had him locked up long-term. So that's something that, as you watch what the Marlins are doing in the next couple of years, they need to start looking towards that. So uh, you have the lineup in front of you, so this would be the lineup that Adam Wainwright will face. And let's take a look at it for the Miami Marlins. It'll be John Birdie, who is a shortstop trying to make this club. Jazz Chisholm, their second baseman. Garrett Cooper, we've heard a lot about him. There was a lot of talk, too, if there's a DH that he might be their DH this year. J.J. Blade, he'll be in right field. He's one of their top prospects. And this is what I'm interested in. If we see Matthew Liberator against J.J. Blade, uh, and I'll get to the rest of the lineup here in a second. I got goosebumps right now. This is how I geek out. The best curveball I saw last year in spring training was Matthew Liberator against J.J. Bleday. We built it up. We said, here's the two top prospects maybe in both pitching and you know position players you're going to see in this game and in baseball today. Liberator spun off a breaking ball, and Bleday looked like it was wiffle ball and bailed out into the dugout. I wonder if you're going to see that today, which would be kind of fun. Chad Wallach, uh, Monte Harrison, another top prospect, uh, Jose Devers, Vivi Mesa, and Magneris Sierra will serve as the designated hitter today for uh, the Miami Marlins. So that'll be the lineup. Let's talk a little bit about Matthew Liberator. Now, we had Keith Law on the show, I guess, what, what was it, BK, about two weeks, weeks ago, ago yeah. a couple weeks ago, and he talked about what is the upside from Matthew Liberator, who right now is ranked as the Cardinals' second best prospect, according to MLB.com. Liberatore's really interesting. I really like what I've seen from him so far. I see the potential for a good four-pitch mix. I think his curveball is going to end up a real out pitch for him. 
I think the changeup is really developing very nicely. He's a great athlete. He repeats his delivery well. I think he's going to end up a real strike thrower going forward. The one thing that I highlighted on him and that I've heard from scouts who've seen him is there's some concern that hitters see him, see the ball out of his hand a little too easily, especially the fastball, because his fastball does not have great secondary characteristics. It's not a high spin pitch, does not have a ton of movement. Hitters may be on his fastball a little bit too much, and that's something that he's going to to have to work on. Interesting. We'll we'll keep an eye on that today if he gets a chance to uh, come into this game. Libertor, as I mentioned, second-best prospect according to MLB.com, 37th in the MLB Top 100 list. So the last two minor league seasons, he's had 24 games started. He would project as a starter, 8-4, uh, 3-1-0 ERA. His strikeout uh, per nine is about almost 10, which is obviously pretty good it was actually a, a better at double a or when he gets to double a i would think projects higher there than it would at single a because he's going to get better and better and better um it's i i think one of the storylines i want to see as minor league or as uh spring training goes along is what these minor league guys do in in these camps and i don't know if you agree with this because i like i said man i geek out on this stuff what i love do, it what do these guys do not having a Minor league season. So what did what did guys do? How do they how do they get back into live action if they didn't go to a satellite camp? You know, and all of a sudden you're you're like thrown back out there on a mound and yeah, there are fans in the stands. Not a lot, but there's fans. But there's somebody in the box and you were just throwing bullpens for the last year. I mean, think about that, man. I mean, that's not an easy thing to do. To all of a sudden they say, Oh, by the way, we understand you probably threw 40 bullpens. I don't think that's an exaggeration. You were throwing 40 bullpens the last year. Now a guy's in the box, and and are you back to being where you need to be to compete in professional baseball? Whether professional baseball means A-ball, double-A, triple-A, whatever, I don't care. But how do you do? That's really interesting to me. It's fascinating, Dan. It's the number one storyline to me as well for the any of these prospects, not only for the Cardinal system, but across all of baseball. You bet. It's not just that somebody's in the box. It's somebody that you're not as familiar with, right? Because, like, for example, going with Liberator, I can't even imagine how many times he and Nolan Gorman saw one another last year. Nolan Gorman probably knows exactly what his left ring finger looks like exactly. because he's just he's looked at his hand so many times. He knows exactly what the ball is going to look like coming off of Matthew Libertor's hands. Now, the question is, how does Libertor's stuff play to guys that haven't seen him a hundred times over the last month and a half like they did in that uh, alternate site camp? And that's what I'm most interested in finding out today against the Marlins throughout this entire spring training. What did that do for these guys? I know that it was significant. A lot of the prospects that were down there will tell you they got a ton of great work in, individualized work, which they typically don't get in a normal season. That's wonderful. But now how does that actually look when you get back onto the baseball field, when you're competing against an uh, opposing team that hasn't seen you. I want to see what that looks like for Libertor and how that impacts his development moving forward. How about John Mosellock, the president of Baseball Operations, and uh, his expectations in 2021 for Matthew Libertor? I mean, the likelihood is he'll break probably with double-A, probably pitch at triple-A, and wouldn't shock you if he even saw him in the big leagues at some point. So you know, he had a nice... Uh, alternate camp but you know it's it's a it's a, again another hard place to judge but you know we're really excited about where he is and 
you know, certainly uh, looking forward to hopefully some form of normal minor league season next year. Does that grab your attention that he says maybe even this year he could be in the major leagues? I would think September. Guys like him, um, you're going to probably see Zach Thompson as well at some point this season when the rosters do expand. Those are two that I have an eye on. Oviedo would certainly come to mind immediately as well. I think well. he would be first before anybody Absolutely. because he's had the experience, right? Yeah, for sure. And the other My thing, I, if I'm not mistaken, he's already on the 40-man roster, so you wouldn't have to make a spot for him there. Uh, the other two, I do not believe, uh, right now at least, that Liberatore Thompson are on that 40-man. So you'd have to make a spot for them. I would think you'll see that by September, and you would certainly see it after this upcoming season. Dan, what I'm really interested in is what this year means for their timeline going into 2022. Because they're getting close. They're knocking on the door. If they're if Mo is already telling us it's possible they could be in the big leagues by the end of this season... Well, that means that by next year, when we're talking this time around next season, we might be talking about them fighting for a spot in the Cardinals rotation. And all of this, this upcoming year, is a baseline for that. Um, it's, uh, I, I just, it grabs my attention. When I hear that Matthew Libertor could be here and making the jump from A ball to Major League Baseball, that grabs my attention. Now, you hit it on the head. What probably needs to happen is it goes to double A or triple A. So the question for me is, does he make the jump from A ball to triple A starting out of spring training? Because I don't think it's going to be Matthew Liberatore unless he is just knocking the socks off of everybody and he goes gangbusters in this spring training, which he might. And even if he does, it ain't going to happen unless there's just a ton of injuries, which that probably is not going to happen. Because, Knock on wood, man. <laughs> yeah, thank you. Because you have Gant, Hicks, Reyes, Gallegos, Helsley, Ponce de Leon, Fernandez, Elledge, Oviedo, Rondon, Woodford, Whitley. So he'd have to jump over a lot of guys. And, by the way, Flaherty, KK, Wayno, <laughs> Michael, Seamart, Miller, yeah, Cabrera. Yeah, a few arms, Dan. <laughs> well, so that, that's probably not going to happen. Um, but my point is he is going to probably jump a level. That's my opinion. I, I don't think he's going to start at Double A. That's my opinion. I think they're going to start him at Triple A. I, I think that really? you could. I, I think you can. I, I think you can do that. Um, I think the greater question is, what does your rotation look like at Triple A? And would you rather him start there? And then the other question I would have is that ideally, historically, when you make a jump with a guy, you like to have him be get his feet wet in the bullpen. Even though you project him to be a major league starter, you you liked guys to come out of the bullpen and say, get your feet wet, young man. Go out and get us three outs. Start a fresh inning. Come in in the seventh inning. Come in in the sixth inning, fifth inning. I don't care. But this is where you're going to make your major league debut. So you're not thinking all night about, you know, your start. You're not thinking all week about a start. You're coming in and, by the way, Brian Eversgird gets that phone call down in the bullpen and says, hey, Lib, grab a ball, get up, start throwing, and you you got to get going, right? You're, you're not thinking about it all night. Now, you may have been thinking about your debut, don't get me wrong, but now you're thrown into the fire. There's not all that time of, do you understand what I'm saying? Like Absolutely. the 24, 48 hours, three days, whatever it is. Or you get the uh, Woodford experience where 15 minutes before the start. I love that. <laughs> hey, you're going to start for us today. I thought it was great. It was great, yeah. Just go get them. You you don't have time to think. You got time to go grab your glove, a water, get on the mound, grab a ball, start getting loose, and go get them. At now, that point, it's pure adrenaline, and you, you don't have it. the time to get nervous exactly, about anything. Exactly, BK, and that's how you do it. And and if you can set it up that way, I mean, that's 
I mean, you hope it's not a pandemic and that's how you got to do it. But if you can set it up that way somehow to where a guy gets his foot uh, feet wet that way and do it, that's what you want to do. Now, Libertor has also talked about his goals for what he expects this season. You know, at the end of the day, my goal is to go out and give the team, whoever I'm playing for, the best opportunity to win possible. Um, I'd say that's probably my biggest personal goal. Um, you know, obviously I'm coming to spring fighting for a spot and trying to go out there and prove what I'm all about. Um, but at the end of the day, those are, you know, the uncontrollables. So I'm going to let those chips fall where they may and just try and go out and take care of business every day like normal. I, he met with the media. Uh, it was about a week ago, maybe not even a week. And he was so well thought out. And I, I talked to him probably, I guess it was maybe a month ago with he and, and his his best buddy, Nolan Gorman, on a Zoom he is a really well-spoken kid, and the thing that stuck out to me was not only how well-spoken he is about his process and what happened down at Satellite Camp, and I've spoken to you about this, about looking up to, at the video board and seeing the analytics on the video board and trying to make the most of Satellite Camp, but not worrying about Randy Rosarena. Don't worry about being traded for that guy. Just worry about me, and and that stuck out to me. For sure. I mean, you you hear that clip. He sounds like a 10-year major league veteran as opposed to a guy that's trying to make it to the big leagues this year, which is wild. I mean, the kid is younger than I am. Yes. <laughs> he, he sounds like he's 35. Um, this, this is kind of par for the course, though, with the Cardinals. They take specific guys. They trade for specific guys for a reason. When you hear Nolan Arenado, he sounds like Matthew Libertor. When you hear Nolan Gorman, he sounds like Nolan Arenado. It's it's crazy how that happens, but I think, Dan, for me, there shouldn't be a ton of pressure on Matthew Libertor. I know from the fan base there probably will be, but tell me if you disagree with this, Dan. I think a lot more of that pressure is on the young outfielders than it is oh, Matthew yeah. Libertor. Because absolutely. as much as people talk about the trade being the one for one. short on those guys. Absolutely. It, it really, they traded Randy Rosarena because they believed in the guys that they had in the outfield. They wanted to clear the runway for these specific guys. So I think it's more on them and at one point it was on Mo. now that he's got Nolan Arnato in the mix, maybe not so much, but it, it is specifically on the outfielders, less so for me than Matthew Libertor. Are you ready for a lineup? Let's hear it. Cardinal lineup is Matt Carpenter at second base, oh, leading off. Oh, here we go. Harrison Bader at uh, center field. Ooh. Paul Goldschmidt at first base. Nolan Arenado at third base. Yadier Molina batting fifth at catcher. The designated hitter is Tyler O'Neill. Right fielder is Justin Williams. Left fielder is Matt Caesar. And at shortstop, the switch hitter, Max Moroff. And your pitcher is Adam Wainwright. And they will face right-handed pitcher Pablo Lopez. So we'll talk more about the lineup in a moment. Are you good with that? I'm good. I've got one specific player that I want to ask you about. Let me guess. Is it the leadoff guy? It is not. Oh, <laughs> Dang it. I wanted to talk about Carpenter. We did plenty of that yesterday. There's a new guy that I would love to ask you about. I love it. All right. That's BK. I'm Danny Mac. This is the Danny Mac Show with BK, the podcast powered by I Promise. Tuesday edition, Danny Mac Show rolls on. And again, we have baseball coming up, Fox Sports Midwest. We're kind of doing this as like a little pregame show for the uh, the uh, baseball game on Fox Sports Midwest. What's but- it like to be back, Dan? Uh, it's been great, you know, BK, um, to be honest with you. I mean, we're we're doing the games virtually, so we're, we're in a studio. I'll be with Jimmy Edmonds today. Game is at noon on Fox Sports Midwest, Cardinals and the Marlins. Uh, I don't want to take away from what you're doing on the radio side, so I want to make sure everybody be tuning in to Have to it on in the background at the very least. Okay, that's what I'm saying. There we go. Um, 
It, it is great. I mean, we're doing the games virtually, so we will not be down. We're going to do 12 games. We got 11 more after doing the game on, on Sunday. And for people that are curious, because I, I do get asked about this all the time. I don't want to make this self-serving, but we are doing the, the games virtually. We are in a studio. I have a monitor that you see at home. So as you are watching the game at your favorite spot in your house, on your couch, you know, your chair, your kitchen, that's what I see. That's how I call the game. So it takes me back to when I was a kid. I This is what I always wanted to do is to do play-by-play. And when I was a kid, you might have Vin Scully in the game of the week on a, you know, Saturday on NBC, one game a week on television. I would turn down the sound and I would sit on the edge of my parents' bed and call the game. And that's what I'm doing. And so we have limited cameras. So like the other day on Sunday, are you interested in this? Or? Absolutely. Okay. And I think there's a lot of listeners that are as well. Cause all right. I'm sure there's... Tanner, are you interested? Okay. Tanner, all right. He's, all I'm right. sure there's somebody in our listening audience as well. And I, I'm sure you get these questions. I've heard these questions. Hey, how do I do what you've done? Right? Because it's, it's a pretty awesome job. We are very lucky to do Love what it. we do. Yeah. Um, one of the things that I always tell people is do it. Like if you want to do sports radio, do a podcast, yeah. R- record your conversations with your friends that you would have otherwise while you're just sipping a few beers, yep. uh, put a recorder in front of you. Like that, that's basically what we do for a living right. for play by play, watch a game, call the game. Yep. That's what Danny Mac does. And now you're actually literally doing it that way, the way that a fan would, if they were sitting in front of their screen at home and calling the game with it. So. We are limited with some of the cameras, and like the the catch that Tyler O'Neill made in the corner the other day, I just guessed that he made the catch. <laughs> I just took a 50-50 guess. I thought he had a pretty good beat on it, and the way that I've done enough games, this is my 24th year being affiliated with the Cardinal baseball team in terms of doing television. I think it's my 25th at Fox Midwest. My goodness. That's, that's a my goodness. That's a 9-7, <laughs> um, and I just made a guess. And Jimmy and I were doing the games, and he looked at me like, he goes, how do you know that? <laughs> and I said, I just kind of shrugged my shoulders. I said, 50-50, kind of like that. You know, we were joking about it. And I said, Dad, took a, took a stab at it. Hopefully he made the catch. Yeah. You know, like, hopefully he did. And worst case scenario... At least at home, like if you were wrong, you could say, "Hey, listen, we're, we're doing Take this with guess. you guys. We right. saw our best effort." Um, the 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 play off the the ball off the bag at first base. Mm-hmm. Yeah, just took a guess that he that hit the bag. Didn't really know. No, because he took of- a crazy hop, and I just figured because of his body and the way that he had to adjust, that he said off the bag. You know, <laughs> I just figured it, there was nothing else. It's not going to hit the first base uh, coach foot. And it's not going to hit a rock and do that. It's a manicured field. So I'm just taking a guess it's off the bag. So I just take guesses, and that's how I do it. Now, last year, we had a lot of fun with this. And Jimmy was with me. Tyler O'Neill was at the plate. And I, I say to fans, and I make fun of myself all the time, sure. I don't care anymore. I'm secure in who I am, been through enough stuff. I just have fun with it, right? And Tyler O'Neill took one of the biggest cuts you've ever seen, BK, <laughs> And, I mean, it it sounded, and remember, there was no fans in the stands, mm-hmm. and various ballparks were piping in crowd louder than others. And we've got parabolic mics down on the field. And so he takes a whack at it. And, I mean, it hits, boom. I, I didn't do it right well. in the sweet spot. Boom, boom, boom. You know, like it, it hits it loud. And it, it looked like a beautiful swing and right in the sweet spot. Mm-hmm. And I said something like, 
O'Neal. And, uh, you know, like I thought, I'm going to make this great call. And the shortstop goes out into shallow left, and he camps under it. It makes a nice play. And Jimmy, Jimmy, and Jimmy, to me is like Tony Romo. Okay, Jimmy is a savant. Mm-hmm. Jimmy knows what's going on beyond most of us. Like he sees things that I'm not going to see. He's seeing things that guys on the field aren't seeing. He's a savant, and he does one of these. He goes ha! like that. He starts laughing, right? And I start laughing, too. And he says, partner, he said, I thought that was gone, too. And I said, didn't it look like and we're laughing? I go, didn't it look like he got into that? And he goes, I'm with you. And he said, folks, I thought it was gone, too. So don't give Dan any trouble on that one. I thought it was gone, too. So we, I, I just said, look, we're going to miss some things as we do these games virtually. And you do. You know what I mean? Because the other thing, too, even when you're at home, and you have a fly ball that goes to deep left center or right center, and hopefully I'm not boring people with this, but when you have a crowd, and the, and especially at Bush Stadium where you have fans in the stands, and a lot of times you'll, you'll see a ball that's hit, and the trajectory of the favorite term is launch angle. You mm-hmm. see the trajectory of the ball, and you'll see the outfielders now they're getting a jump right and say it's in left center and there goes Bader and there goes O'Neal and they're they're going towards the gap and all of a sudden the crowd starts to rise in their seats well now you know that that's got a chance to leave the ballpark so you can start to describe it by saying it's got a chance to leave the park or he's hit it a long way or whatever well if you know, you got cardboard cutouts. They're not moving. So you're going to give you quite the same indicators. They, they don't give you a lot of indicators. So they're, they're not moving. They're pretty still. They're not having a great reaction to what's happening. So you're, you're just kind of left to guess. And that's where we're at. It, but to your original point, it's just it's great to be back. And I know this sounds sappy. And I know this sounds like, oh, come on. My whole thing was last year when we came back to doing games was this is a sense of even though it's abnormal with nobody in the ballpark and cutouts and whatever, people are locked down. And my mom is one of those people that no matter what would tune in and watch the game. And she is um, pre-existing conditions and couldn't leave her house. And the one thing she can't wait for is a Cardinal game. She's a St. Louis and you know native and loves Cardinal baseball and just loves watching the games. And she's one of thousands, if not millions, you know, and looks forward to the three hours of the game. And so I just felt it was incumbent on me, no matter what, to go in and no matter how weird it was, we're going to, we're going to talk baseball. We're going to make it fun and have fun with the game. And that's the way we should always approach these games. I really believe that. hundred percent. One quick one before I have another follow-up question on this. Strike him out, throw him out at the end of the first inning on oh, that, Sunday. That, that would have helped to have been there. That, yes. that was one of those situations where it was like, what the hell just happened? Like, we had no on, idea. We're, we're rolling this over. Are we doing this now? So, we're, we're just, they, so they didn't get any outs, but we're just, we're just moving on. Okay, cool. That would have helped to have been there. <laughs> okay, that's a, great, that's a great one. Okay, so if I would have been there, I would have looked down on the field. So the cameras... You know, I only have so I got the camera that you're seeing, and I have a camera that also kind of looks like just seeing dots on the field. I can see if the players are shifting; they look like ants on the field. It's a high camera angle, so at least I can see if a guy is running or if there's a shift. Um, I can see some of the movement on the field, but it's a high camera angle, which is helpful. You know, so if a ball, 
another example would be uh, ball in the gap, guy trying to score all the way from first. At least I can see if he's trying to round second, third, go to home. I can at least play at the plate potentially. Exactly. I, I can say, okay, they held up the runner and the ball's coming in, whatever. Um, I at least have that. I got to look and shift my eyes to different uh, screens, but I can at least do that. So if I'm at the ballpark, though, I would have probably seen for sure, and we didn't have a camera angle of this, I would have been able to see either Mike Maddox or Schilt pop out of the dugout or from behind the screen and say, whoa, whoa, or, you know, give a whistle and say, hey, I'm wrapping it up. You know, you give him the wrap-up signal and say, hey, we're doing this. And what all, all I saw was what you saw on the screen, which was Yachty fire a bullet down to second, DeYoung tag the runner, and I think it was Bell, and everybody kind of looking around like, okay, what's going on here? And then people and then they started walking, start walking off. And I go, okay, well, I guess it was a check swing strike, strike him out, throw him out, inning over, and we're moving on. And then all of a sudden, and this is never what you want in the game as a guy that does this, oh, God. <laughs> John Moselock's calling me. What did I just say? This is not good. You know <laughs> that was in the commercial break. He said, "Oh that? yeah, that's amazing." Yeah. So in the break, uh, hello. Yeah. Hey, what's up, Mo? He's like, "Okay, got some news for you. Uh, we can roll over innings now." I go, "Okay." So that's what just happened. He's like, "Yeah, we can roll over innings. That's something we're going to kind of incorporate during these games. So just let you get a heads up. You probably didn't know." I said, "Yeah, I didn't have. I didn't. I didn't know." He's like, "Yeah, we're rolling over the innings." So. It actually was a walk, but if we want to protect guys, we can roll over innings just to protect pitchers and make sure things don't get out of whack. The did this yesterday as well. I was watching that game. They did. And and so you may see that, and we may not know it. So heads up if you're, if you're watching the games, yes. Yeah. But those are the things that we just – so bear with us. You know, it's just good that we have the games back on. And, if, and fans ask us all the time, will you travel again? I think we will get back to it. And we may get back to it this year as we get vaccinations out. And people are getting back into the ballparks for sure. Um, I, I think what they want to do more than anything, and when we travel, people ask us all the time, how how do you guys travel? We travel with the team. So we're on the buses, we're in the hotels, we're on the planes, and the idea is we're trying to keep the players and personnel as safe as we can. We, do, we don't want to infect them, and they don't want to infect us. So we're, we're making sure that we're, I, you know, the idea would be, I don't want to speak for anybody. It's just, just my guess. We, we're trying to keep everybody safe, and by keeping numbers down of people, you're lessening, I would assume, the chances of infection. Would you agree with that? Absolutely, yeah. You just want you as know. few interactions as possible with exactly. people that aren't specifically with the big league club, on the roster, those sorts of things. One guy, Dan, that I did want to ask you about. We mentioned the lineup before we went to break. Okay, so we, we're done with the broadcast stuff. Done with the broadcast okay. stuff. Now on to the Cardinals Did we answer your left questions? We, we answered a lot of stuff with Absolutely. that. Absolutely. Okay, so with Justin Williams, yes, that's sir. the guy that I want to focus on because okay. he is somebody that, in my opinion, is fighting for. And, and for people that just tuned in, let's give the, the. Please. So Carpenter, Bader, Goldschmidt, Arenado, Molina, O'Neal, Williams is batting seventh and playing right, right field. field. Caesar and uh, Moroff. So uh, Justin is in the lineup today. And he's batting seventh. And I wanted to ask you about him because. There is some discrepancy on whether or not he has an option. It sounds like maybe things are leaning towards he does. So it's I, I did some studying on this over the weekend. Um, he came up for what would be the equivalent of, of basically like a day or two with Tampa Bay. Uh, don't don't quote me on this, even though we're on talk radio, right? So what you could do, and and I know you'll do some digging on this, and. 
I think what you can do is basically pay Tampa Bay the money for what would be his service time to buy back that time and, and then get the fourth, technically a fourth option to get out of Does that make sense? Sure, it does. That That is huge for the Cardinals as well in terms of the roster management this year. That's the technicality here. I, I think they can get that. So he was only up for like a day, maybe 24 hours or two. So he does have a day of service time. He does have major league service prior to getting to St. Louis. Might be two. So what you would do then is pay the money back to Tampa Bay for what would be the day or the two or whatever the case may be, whatever that service time would be. And hopefully this makes sense. And tell me if I'm not making sense. You're brighter than I am. You pay that money to Tampa Bay. You then what would be he still gets his service time for his personal stuff sure. but you pay the money to Tampa Bay but equip the equivalent then you you would have a fourth with the technicality you get the fourth of the service time you get a another fourth. year of control basically basically yes so they could potentially if this ends up happening the way that you're you're saying right now they might be able to send him down to AAA and come back up and send him down come back up this year if that ends up being the case Pretty big deal for the Cardinals because now you have that last spot on the roster, at least position player-wise, to be able to play with. But he might make this uh, a non-story because if he performs really well in camp and provides another lefty bat as an outfielder who has some pop off of the bench, that's a really valuable thing to have. And the Cardinals don't have that anymore in that outfield with Dexter Fowler heading out to L.A. So I, I think he's one of, for me the biggest stories remaining in camp just because I do think he's one of the very few players that can play himself on or potentially off of the roster based on what he does in spring. And by the way, everything I just said, because I do try to be honest with everything, I could be completely wrong. <laughs> so we'll find out. I'm actually going to call Mo before the game today and hopefully get a hold of him and or Gersh and find out exactly how this works. But that would then, in my mind, you could play then because you want to have a premium of pitching because your innings could be limited. I don't know if you agree with this, BK. I, I would go then with a four-man bench, and then your one lefty off your bench would be Carpenter, uh, and Kisner would be potentially your backup catcher, potentially. not. I'm not sold on that yet. And then Thomas is your outfielder, potentially, and Sosa, potentially, your infielder, and that's your four-man bench. Not again. I could make a case for a lot of different guys, and the, but a four-man bench though is what you would go with. And the reason why I think Justin Williams is so important is because he's the guy out of everybody that you just said that has the most pop. Like Lane Thomas has a little bit of that certainly, and he's shown some power in the big leagues more so than I think a lot of fans recognize. I think Thomas has more pop than people realize for sure. And Justin Williams is another one of those guys. You got a righty with Lane Thomas. Now you got a lefty potentially with Justin Williams. I want to see what that swing looks like this year because all of the reports that I've heard. From you, everybody that saw him last year in summer camp, it's a long swing. It's a long swing. And there are times when he doesn't make enough contact. Let's see what that looks like against big league pitching in this spring spring training because if it looks good, I want to know what that looks like in the, with the big league club this year. Uh, you are coming up, by the way, with Alex Ferrario, and you're going to cross it over in our next segment. Blues get another big win last night. Another big win for the Blues. We've got Jeremy Rutherford in today. Alex Ferrario is out. He is having a baby. We wish him all the best, what him the and his hell? wife. So what? This is a business that you pay your dues and you show up. I don't care if you're having... 
Oh, congratulations to Alex. Huge That's congrats awesome. to him. He's going to be out today. He'll be out for the next week, but we will have Jeremy Rutherford in today. We've got Mark Saxon in tomorrow. Lots of blues talk today. JR was on a call with Doug Armstrong. Want to get his thoughts about what Army had to say. Sounds like Vladdy might be closer than anticipated. So we'll get into all of that coming up today. Got to tell you about the good folks at Schnooks. Did you know that you can get your seafood cooked for free at Schnooks? Well, you can do that, and it's easy. You can choose from a variety of options in the Seafood Showcase. You've been listening to The Danny Mac Show with BK, the podcast powered by I Promise. Peloton, let's go. This holiday, with the right music and the right motivation from world-class instructors. We're going to pick it up a notch. It's the holiday season. You might just surprise yourself with what you're capable of. Work out to thousands of live and on-demand classes. From running to cycling to yoga. Try Peloton risk-free with a 30-day home trial. New members only. Not available in remote locations. See additional terms at onepeloton.com slash home dash trial. Peloton. Motivation that moves you.